<laughs> hey everyone! Welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve! I'm Steve! Duh, I'm Bill! Movies talk! So let's talk movies! Honk honk! <laughs> How you doing, Bill? I'm doing great. Uh, you're my number one birthday boy. I'm <laughs> <laughs> getting ahead of myself. I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about Steve because he'll keep laughing because he's such a good birthday boy. And if you don't mind me, I'm just going to keep transforming into a clown that's going to eat children for 13 weeks or whatever the fuck it was in that movie. Oh, Bill broke me. That's the fastest I've ever been broken in this podcast. Uh, when Gotham is in flames, then you have my permission to die. Oh, I hope Batman was Bane's number one birthday boy. He was. The Joker is number two. Number two birthday boy. Number two birthday boy? Uh, no, otherwise I'm doing fine. Uh, not a whole lot going on. Just been working a lot. Um, that's about it, honestly. It's just been a very easy going, easy going time. That's good. Yeah. How about yourself? Uh, honestly, not much news uh, for me this week. You know, just did a couple uh, news interviews uh, for, like, local TV stations for Captain Z this week. That's cool. Did you, like, yes. for, like, local stations, like, you went on the air and talked about it and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's rad. You got footage of that? Uh, not yet. It's, uh, because it's gonna air, like, on the Sunday news. Okay. Uh, because apparently, uh, Sunday news is a slower news day in general, but it's also apparently one of their highest rated, uh, news days. Like, they get the most ratings. Because awesome. there's not much going on, so everyone just watches the news, I guess. I guess. Um... It was fun, though, because uh, it was the producer and myself, and they interviewed the producer first, which I immediately knew was a mistake, mm -hmm. uh, because I love Zoltan as a, as a friend and as a producer, but he is terrible at improving <laughs> and answering things on the spot. So they asked him a bunch of questions, and he was sweating bullets the whole time. So much sweat immediately. And then they get to me, and my answers are quick and fun and, like, funny and concise, but they already asked Zoltan all of the big questions about the movie, so they were just coming up with bullshit to ask me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, what are your other movies? Like, do you often self-produce, or do you get asked? And not many questions about actually Captain Z itself. Hmm. So then at the end, they were like, anything else you want to mention? And then I went over all the places you can buy Captain Z, which Zoltan completely left out. Well, good, good thing you're there. Yep. And there's not one man show. He should have shut up as Captain Z so he could act in character and then talk about how you can come to the jewelry store and die. <laughs> <laughs> I I did I dressed up as Glenn for the interview. I'm, I'm sure you did. <laughs> did you have a chainsaw? Oh, I should have brought a chainsaw, that was my bad. You could have acted out a skit. You're like, we're gonna act out a skit. Whoops, I tripped. Oh, you cut yourself? I'm sorry. <laughs> Perfect. That was a real story from Captain Z. It was. Buy the, buy the DVD to know more. Is that on the Blu-ray? Or the Blu-ray, whatever you want to buy. Well, is that story on the Blu-ray or is it only on the DVD? It's, in the, com it's on the commentary. On the commentary, is... okay. But if you want to see some behind-the-scenes footage, buy the Blu-ray. Yeah, there you go. That's... Buy the Blu-ray. Go to SilverSpotlightFilms.com, click on Store, then click on Buy Blu-ray. Buy Blu-ray. Buy all of it. Sony ain't going to have the rights anymore because you're going to buy it. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. Motherfucker. So I put that out there. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, speaking of news. Yeah, speaking of the news, we have news. Movie news. The uh, biggest piece of news is, right now, as far as I'm concerned, is that James Wan of, uh, I think, just Furious 7. And no, he also directed Insidious and The Conjuring. The Conjuring? 
No, it's called The Conjuring. Was was that the one that had uh, Polly Shore in it? <laughs> I don't even know. I never saw it. That's the juror. I only call it the jury duty. Jury duty duty is the one that that probably shows. My apologies. Um, Yeah, no, just I knew some of the work to the theater, and he told me about how so many people called the film The Conjuring. Good. When they were asking for tickets. Like when you go to a Mexican place and ask for tortilla soup. Tortilla soup. Yep. Can I get the tacos? Can I get the uh, arroz con polo? Anyway, yeah, James Wan directing Aquaman. That sounds badass. That's super badass. Jason Momoa is going to look super sweet doing Aquaman things. I hope he drives a car. Drives a a seahorse, super fast, jumps ramps, jumps out of the water, back (laughs) into the water, drives it over like an underwater cliff really fast. It sounds like the best movie. While while holding a trident. He is so furious and fast. But and mostly then, And then there'll be lots of booty shots on Mira walking around looking all hot. Oh man, I do really want that because Mira is by far the hottest comic book character. I don't know. Have you seen the penguin? <laughs> I stand corrected. I mean, waddle waddle. Give him a right. <laughs> uh, so Curtis yeah, I think Meredith played the penguin, so you can't get much hotter than that. You can't get much hotter than that. Nope. Get out of my fucking face, Danny DeVito, with your Burton bullshit. You scummy black tar spewing up fuck. Piece of shit. Breakfast ass bitch. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but yeah, I think that's great news. You know, I've heard uh, James Wan really knocked Fury 7 out of the park. Fast he 7 did. out of the park. He did. The f- seventh Fast and the Furious movie it out was, of the it park. Was, it was Furious 7. Okay. Uh, I've messed it up so many times in the past that me getting it right, I still assume that I'm screwing it up. You're fine. It's, you know what? I think everyone at this point fully admits that they're really bad with the titles of the films. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of like the, 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 the pop culture joke. I was kind of surprised the uh, the parody film for the Fast and the Furious franchise didn't, like, say, uh, what was it? It's, it's too Fast, I think was... Oh, shit. I even forgot the name of the damn movie at this point. But they should have put, put, like, a number at the end of it. Like, Too Fast yeah. 10. Like, what's this? You've <laughs> seen nine movies. That would actually be really funny. Yeah. <laughs> too Fast, Three Furious, Part 8. The, retur- the return of, of the Furious. The return of Vin Diesel. Yeah, but uh, James Wan directing Aquaman, that's really, that's cool. He's a really big action director, so I think I hope that means good signs for Aquaman. I think, I mean, I, as I said, I wish Jason Momoa, I, I wish that they were with an actor that looks more like what I think Arthur Curry looks like, but it's not a big deal, and I think the movie's going to be badass, especially if they're making director choices like this. Mm-hmm. And I guess in that news, uh, James Wan has also been brought on to direct the Robotech film, which I feel like everyone all the on the comments for all the news sites talking about this announcement, more people are talking about Robotech than Aquaman. Uh, it makes me surprised I didn't think that many people cared about Robotech. I also didn't re- think that many people cared about Robotech. I mean, I, I mean, I, it McGross, I just never really think that many people being on anymore. Yeah, I mean, I kind of liked Robotech. I guess there's enough people who watch this watch the American shows to care about it. Because they're all like, they better not fuck up Robotech. Okay, so clearly there's a lot of people that really care about Robotech that I never knew existed. And a lot of people that just don't care about Aquaman. Which I'd rather people not, I'd rather people just say nothing about Aquaman than say shit things on Aquaman. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> at, at, true. at this point. <laughs> so I look forward to seeing what happens with that film. And where all they yes. go with it and stuff. And who they put it out of. If it's Ocean Master or Black Manta or something else. 
Yeah, I mean, if they're going with his origin, Ocean Master would make more sense, but I feel that the entire DC Universe is going with a, these heroes already existed, they just weren't public pre-Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, who knows, honestly. For all we know, Aquaman already has his entire Rose Gallery, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, that'd be cool. Yeah, we got obviously more stuff to wait and see, but the announcement is rad and neat. Uh, speaking of something that is questionably rad and neat... Uh, we got so first the news started saying there was gonna be a sequel to Big Trouble in Little China, but then the news broke that it's not a sequel; it's going to be a remake of Big Trouble mm-hmm. in Little China, starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I okay, I will say this right now. I I think the general film can be really fun with Dwayne Johnson. Yes, but if he's being hired to play Jack Burton. That's where my trouble kind of falls. I really don't see Dwayne Johnson as a Jack Burton. I agree. Because I think the I think Dwayne is fantastic in almost everything that he absolutely, in. absolutely. But he doesn't strike me as a Jack Burton. You yeah, know, Jack, Jack Burton is a very kind of everyman type. Yeah, of very man. working class everyman truck driver. He, he's for Christ's sakes, he does nothing in the film of any real importance besides killing Lopan at the end. Yeah. Like everything else he does, it's uh, he just fucks up, and everyone else t- you know fixes for him. He's just a yes. dude that's there. He's really the uh, a, a, a he's really a Mad Max film. He's Max. He's just showing up. Except mm-hmm. in those films, he does a bit more, I guess. I don't know, but you know, you know, what I mean, he just kind of stumbles into this whole. He stumbles debacle. into this situation, yeah. Yeah, and then just leaves. <laughs> Back at the Pork Chop Express. I heard someone make a joke that uh, all he'll do is uh, the character will do is make a bunch of Twitter meme jokes, and I, I laughed. I'm like, well. Twitter kind of is the, the CB radio of the modern day, so it's totally believable that uh, Jack Burton nowadays would just tweet stupid shit. Yeah, honestly, that would all, make all, sense. Like, all the checks in the mail, all those lines, those would just be tweets, and people would just follow this uh, at Porkchop Express. <laughs> I got two likes on this tweet. Nice. <laughs> you know what Jack Burton says in a time like this? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, I'd be fine with the Twitter thing, you know, I'm sure people will talk shit on that, I'm fine with there being a remake, I mean, whatever, I'll probably still prefer the original, by far, it's my favorite Carpenter, John Carpenter film. It's close, it's close to mine, the problem is um, John Carpenter's has a lot of really good fucking movies. And they're also different, too, they're yeah, such yeah, different absolutely, genres. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's what I like about Carpenter, he really changed up what he did, and I, I respect that. I wish more directors were like John Carpenter, simply for that reason. You know what would be really cool? Is if in the new film, uh, they, they get John Carpenter to do the score. Oh, that would be really cool. Yeah, I think it'd be really neat. Because a lot of movies anymore are really trying hard to get that, like, 80s synth kind of sound for their soundtracks. And who better than just to get the guy who did 80s synth, like, synth soundtracks? <laughs> and, so, uh, and, so, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I agree with you that... Uh, Dwayne Johnson does not seem like a Jack Burton, but I, you know, we'll wait and see. For sure, and, and uh, the movie might just be a remake of the general story of Big Trouble, and maybe Dwayne Johnson doesn't even play a character called Jack Burton. Right. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just the general themes, like this everyman kind of guy, which Dwayne Johnson could still play. I mean, we'll, I, he, I think he can do it fine. It just happens to stumble into this little uh, China, Chinatown, whole thing mysteriousness stuff and things like that yeah we'll see we'll see so, how they handle it yeah for sure I, I i'm i will remain optimistic about that i'll be overly negative like everyone else is immediately about the whole situation 
So, uh, moving but talk on. about bad news. Yeah, going going from okay, okay, whatever news to some bad news. Uh, due to Tomorrowland's uh, huge flopping, uh, uh, Tron Three has been canceled. Or in the very best case scenario, pushed back. Yeah, I I don't know at this point, considering it's it's still so many. I mean, I guess I could say you know Tron Legacy did come several years after Tron, of course. Mm-hmm. So things are still possible. Uh, but and another thing that people were bringing up is that the good reason why they wouldn't be moving ahead with Tron Three is because there's apparently like so many live action movies on the plate for the next three years so, that they feel it might be safer waiting. Uh, as we've discovered in our retrospective for Disney, Disney time, don't give a fuck. There's a time when they majority made live action films. I don't know why it's why they should just and they were released them four times in a month. Yeah, Maybe four, we, four we, new we ones talked about that. They did it. <laughs> I mean, well, okay, so December 23rd, we got this movie coming out. December 24th, we have this movie coming out. Then December 26th, we got this movie coming out. Let's and then New this. Year's Day, new movie coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane how far they took it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, we can also say that, obviously, back then, there was less entertainment, less stuff going on. But at the same time, you know, this, who cares? I don't know. There's nothing super sacred about how Disney having to ma- maintain a majority of animated films. Fucking yeah. who cares? If they make money, who cares? I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I think a uh, problem is that Disney is now just getting all the Marvel and Star Wars money, so why bother? That's a good point. And then they're making all the live-action versions of their pre-existing cartoons that they already know they have a big audience for with little girls and also Disney fanatics, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get into with, a, with our next bit, bit of news. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a huge disappointment. As everyone knows, or at least you know, if you, if you don't, Tron Legacy is in my top ten movies of all time to this day. I will from time to time rewatch it, and I just find new things to love about it. It's such a well-made film. It it's really well written. You know, there's not much of a story. People say that's a bad thing. I think that's fine, especially because the small story that's in the movie works really well. Because it's a small plot, but it's character-driven. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just so beautiful. It's such a great movie. And all the reports of what the third film was going to be, it sounded like something that was going to be really something special. Uh, yeah. So this news is especially to me a huge disappointment. A huge disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's not much else I can say about it. I'm just really lit down and saddened by this. Yep. But you know what? There's. Uh, I mean, we'll we, we'll just jump into this a little bit here. You know, it's like, well, this thing failed. I know. So Disney will just go back to more adaptations of their cartoons. The word now is that they're going to adapt the uh, Night on Bald Mountain sequence from Fantasia into a live-action movie. <laughs> Definitely need that before we need Tron 3. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know what they can make the movie be. Okay, here's the plot. There's a girl <coughs> who keeps uh, uh, wanting more out of life and wanting more out of where she's at in life that to prove herself She's got to prove herself to a man she loves who doesn't pay attention to her. She's going to go slay the demon up all mountain, the Turnbog. And then she's going to do great things. Played by Angelina, played played by Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Tur- yeah. Turnbog will, play the end, will be played by Angelina Jolie. She'll, they don't have to even give her much makeup. She's set. Perfect. Done. Perfect. And this girl will defeat her, come back, and then uh, get the attention of the man she likes. But you know what? She doesn't need that man anymore. She's her own woman. And also now she becomes the demon. She, she, wow, you're taking a dark turn for a Disney movie. Yeah. And then the sun comes up and she goes away, realizing that the demon didn't need to be slayed. It goes away by itself every single morning. Yep. That demon isn't even doing anything. And he's just partying. 
He's just a fucking rock god. He's busting up, getting his guitar out, playing some sick licks. Some sick licks? Get some demons hanging out, motherfucker. Be jamming. Now you got this. Now you got these people who just want to fuck with his jam. Just fuck with his jam. Fucking you gonna fuck with Chernobog's jam? I'm not. Uh, if this movie just leads to the uh, epic battle film between Chernobog and Elsa, be set. I think I don't think we talked on here. I don't think many people have talked about the fact that the powers they give Elsa and Frozen are bonkers. Uh, yeah, it's Chernobog tier by far. Like she is a god. Uh, I remember one time there was an internet forum where they do random, like, who would win battles, and someone said Thor versus uh, Elsa. And someone just brought up, like, well, I mean, Elsa's also a god, and some guy went on this huge tirade about how, you know, Thor's a god, Elsa's not a god, she just does some snow stuff, and this and that and this, and listed all these feats and some shits, and I just poked it and said, Elsa created life, sentient life from nothing. If that's not the definition of a god, I don't know what your definition of a god is, because that's fucking bonkers. Agreed. <laughs> she made life by accident. Olaf wasn't supposed to exist. Yep, then she made clothes, then she made an ice fortress. With thought. Then, like, she, that's... Ac- then she accidentally froze an entire country. Mm-hmm. That's, some, that's like beyond Green Lantern shit. That's like Hal Jordan's Parallax shit. Yeah, that's some pretty... Or pretty Alan pretty Scott shit. in Kingdom Come. Or just Alan Scott, because he's a badass. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I know we're on this so, yeah, I'm curious, wh- talk. I'm curious what the plot will be. I don't know what it could be, but whatever. I'm curious to see where they go with it. Night of the Ball Mountain is a fantastic sequence, but I do feel that it works best as a sequence. That being said, I fucking love Chernabog. I think he's just a cool visual, and I like whenever he pops up in other Disney stuff as the big ultimate evil type thing that they don't talk about much. Yeah. Um, so if this gets me a cool Chernobog statue or action figure that I can put on my shelf, then uh, maybe this would be worth it. Maybe. So this will be joining um, the live-action Beauty and the Beast, starring Emma Watson, Mia Wasikowska, and Johnny Depp. Oh. Oh, Johnny. no, sorry. Emma Watson, then Mia Wasikowska, and Johnny Depp are set to star in Alice Through the Looking Glass in 2016. Then there's the Okay, that makes film. more sense. Yeah, I was confused. The, the wording on this article confused me. And then obviously there's Jungle Book coming. Obviously there, there's talk about uh, Dumbo. And then there's oh oh I, this is news. I didn't see this one here. The Tinkle, Tinkerbell story starring Reese Witherspoon. That's news to me. They already have an entire franchise of Tinkerbell movies. What the fuck can that live action movie they have, be? They have a whole franchise of direct-to-video kids films. Now they can make a live action one. So all the girls that shop at Hot Topic and buy other like shirts that have pictures of Tinkerbell that say Attitude can, <laughs> can go there and see the movie. Then buy all the new shirts that have Reese Witherspoon's Tinkerbell in the shirt that say Attitude and the You're movie right. font. New, new, new movie font. You're absolutely right. Um... I'm curious what the fuck the Looking Glass movie can be, because the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland movie was already half Alice in Wonderland, half through the Looking Glass. Well, they'll take the other halves of those movies, put them together, and make a whole new thing. Oh, fuck you, because you're right. The movie will, be, the movie will just be two, two, two hours and 45 minutes of uh, Giant Depp doing the dance he does at the end of, the, end of uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, hi, I'm Tim Burton, welcome to my movie. Welcome to my movie. Look how scary this world is! This is a terrifying world. Who would want to go here? <laughs> this is nothing like a cartoon. Stop it. Where's the rum? Stop it. You fucker. Uh, speaking of Giant Depp, this quick thing. Did you hear about the issue with him and his dogs in Australia? I didn't. What happened? Uh, I don't know. For people who don't know, Australia is severely anal about quarantine for incoming stuff. 
because as, if you don't know about rabbits or stray cats, they have huge problems. Obviously, rabbits are a huge deal. I think I think that's a general popular common thing that people know about. Is that people, some people brought uh, when people were more colonizing Australia brought rabbits and okay. they overpo- they overpopulated, ate everything, and they fucked everything up. Stray cats, cats do the same thing. They have a huge problem stray cats because obviously, as you can imagine, a lot of the, uh, animals that live in Australia aren't did not evolve to be able to handle <coughs> cats. <laughs> so just stray cats will kill off all sorts of animals and cause huge problems. That's why they just have like tons of uh, just killing, mass killings of cats because they, they're always stray cats. We can't de- we can't have this. This is awful. Well, for uh, incoming stuff like if he, uh, Johnny Depp brought his dogs in for the, to the set of the fifth uh, Pirates of the Caribbean film. Mm-hmm. And didn't uh, he f- flew his private jet in and didn't tell the uh, authorities that he has dogs who are supposed to go into quarantine for obvious reasons, just because they you know you don't know these uh, animals coming from another country who knows what right. kind of stuff they have on them. He just disregarded that and so he posted this picture of his dogs on his Twitter or whatever and then got in a lot of heat for that. So mm. I don't think anything's been done about that just yet. But him and his uh, pilot are facing either severe fines or especially giant up jail time. Oh wow. But I mean, you better probably, leave Australia right it now. It probably won't go to that. Who knows? I haven't checked up to see what's going on with that. But hey, we still live in a world where Roman Polanski, the rapist who drugged and anally raped a 13-year-old girl, can't get prison time in the United States, so... Yeah. What the fuck? Thumbs the fuck up. I know. So maybe Johnny Depp should escape to Poland. Yeah, clearly. Because they'll just protect you and not extradite you or do anything. No, he's the one that will extradite. Clearly what we need is Batman, because Batman has no jurisdiction. Batman has no jurisdiction. So we should have sent him over there. He'll go to Hong Kong. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on. uh, So Netflix. Uh, Yeah, moving on to Netflix. We kind of talked about them before. We don't talk to them a ton, because that's not super within our wheelhouse. But it kind of is. They have movies. That's what I say. They have movies. That kind of qualifies. Um we also talk about shows sometimes too so i guess we kind of throw all that shit out the window when we start talking about the newest uh rock album that doesn't relate to anything then you know that we have shit the bed yeah so netflix uh a big feature about netflix for a lot of people is you can just watch your movies you can just watch your television shows there's it's no not, commercials it's not like that hulu horse shit not like that hulu horse shit i have a netflix subscription because it doesn't have commercials you know what hulu has fucking commercials commercials at the ass i pay 8.99 a month for hulu i shouldn't have to watch any fucking commercials netflix will never fucking do that to me crunchyroll doesn't have commercials wwe does but that's only for their uh their original programming, and I, I'm whatever on that, because like their normal study show on television has you know stuff too, whatever. Um, I don't have anything else. Uh, does any Funimation has a thing? I don't know. Uh, whatever. H- HBO Go doesn't have commercials. Exactly. All these things don't have commercials, but here's what Netflix is talking about: doing pre-roll ads. Oh. So, your subscription to your service you pay for, that you. Had forever because it's commercial free, and now is thinking about running advertisements. Yay! And you know they're saying pre-roll commercials, but you know what comes after that? In program commercials. Yeah. Uh, like if they did just straight up only do pre-roll commercials, I might be okay with it. I mean, it stinks, but I could be okay with that, especially if it leads to Netflix getting like more current shows instead of me having to wait two years to see season one of The Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, on Netflix. Well, but, they're doing this to fund their um, 
original programming, I'm telling you that right no, now. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And that's why I think it's especially shitty. But, like I was saying, I will if they just do pre-roll, I'd be able to deal with it. But if they what? ever do mid-show commercials, which, you're right, this will lead into that, I'll, I will immediately unsubscribe. Like, Yeah. Which, and I think a lot of people are going to have that attitude, and then Netflix will go right into that whole thing they always do. Oh, oh, they're okay with this. That means we can do this now. And then people you, people will say they'll quit and they'll have some drop-off, but there'll be those people who are just like, eh, whatever. And they're just still to stick with it because they'd rather just have this somewhat convenience of this, this subscription service than actually vote with their dollar and stop subscribing. Right. Because, yeah, that, if they did that, it'd be better. And, I, I, yeah, as soon as they announce this, it's like, yep, because they have to pay for that. Remember, I think we talked about Marco Polo costing $150 million. Which is insane. And now it's only getting more expensive. All these original programming they're doing. They're doing the movies. We've talked. We talked about obviously um, Adam Sandler's film, uh, the new uh, Pee Wee film that Paul Rubens is doing is Netflix. There's a lot of things going to Netflix. Obviously, uh, I think what the is Fox doing the new X Files series or is that Netflix? I'm pretty sure that's Fox actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that breaks that case. That that's what that's about. Um, I don't know if we talked about this on here, but it's been very clear that the only reason Fox is doing Fox and a lot of. Um, networks are bringing back shows for short seasons I don't know if you know this but it's been pretty clear for a lot of people is just purely to sell those shows to Netflix I what you know do that. is that's fantastic you you make a new season of X-Files that draws up interest and then Netflix buy either before the show airs buys up X-Files so it brings more uh, attention to your new series that you're going to start airing mm-hmm. or the more attention that brings to your new series gets Netflix interested so you can sell the show to them for more money that's what? the whole reason why uh, I didn't know if you noticed that uh, Coach is getting a new series. I didn't see that. Uh, I think obviously the Full House thing is coming through. That's all this stuff is purely because of Netflix and their purchasing of shows for their to put on Netflix and the studios seeing a way to make money from that. Mm-hmm. So there's bringing there's just reviving all these shows just for like either just one off seasons purely just to make more money on the back end. Of course. Hope that all makes sense. It does. It's been a while since I've had, like, talked about it with some people and actually had it more better explained to me. But it's all about making money, which at the end of the day, which is what everything's all about. So, well, I guess we'll wait and see what happens there. I I expect even with the pre-roll ads, I, I think they'll lose subscribers. Yeah, I think so. Because there's enough people out there like me who, won't, who don't want to pay for commercials. So I don't, yeah, for sure. And I've been a very loyal Netflix subscriber for many years. Mm-hmm. I'd never have, but we've already talked about that many times yeah. before. Um, moving on to something I'm really excited about. Uh, last year, uh, Eli Roth's uh, cannibal, South American cannibal film, uh, The Green Inferno, is supposed to come out. But through issues with its distribu- distributor and other things, it got pushed back, got pushed back, and basically moved into limbo about whether or not it was going to come out or not. Well, uh, news hit uh, this week that uh, The Green Inferno will be hitting U.S. theaters in September. And I'm pretty excited about that. I know a lot of, not a lot of people like Eli Roth, which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Totally I'm not understand. a big I'm not a big Eli Roth fan. Yeah, I like him as an actor. I really enjoyed him. In I do like Bastards, him as an actor. Yeah, and I like when he pops up in his own movies or he pops up in other movies. I loved his uh, part in Piranha, where he plays a complete asshole that gets his head smashed. I love him as an actor. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I know, yeah, but I totally understand people not liking his films. But um, everything he's talked about, like behind the scenes for the Green Inferno, sounds pretty exciting. Plus. 
they don't really make any cannibal like Amazon Amazonian cannibal films that type of genre. They don't make those anymore. That is so true. the fact that Eli Roth took his crew down to this tribe in, in uh, South America who didn't who didn't even know what ice was like they were just this super primitive tribe that's never really seen you know any it's like technology all this stuff he went to them and shot this movie with this tribe a completely unknown tribe and I think that's really rad. That is and cool. Stuff like that. It's like um, his uh, he was talking to his producers who were talking with this tribe and they were like oh we showed them we introduced we showed them what a movie was because like these people just didn't understand what a movie was because they like, they couldn't get the concept so they showed them one and Eli Roth talking to his producers like okay what did you think in his mind oh you showed him something like uh, Wizard of Oz Me and Life you know, some of those, those like classic like good family movies and yeah like, no we showed him Cannibal Holocaust. And he's like, wait, what? And they, they, the producer was telling him how the the people were just laughing, thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> I, I super, pre- I super appreciate that so much. Yeah, that is pretty fantastic. So yeah, they shot this film with this village. Uh, they obviously helped, like, as a way of like paying for them. They help, they give them stadiums, so they built them new buildings, stuff like that. It's funny, uh, like as the village is like, um, thank you. They tried to give one of the producers a child. Oh wow! So here's a kid, and so she had to like try to be very polite and say that she can't take the kid because you just can't take this kid. I can't take this kid, <laughs> and so all this other stuff. But so yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see how this film turns out. For better or worse, I think what he's doing is great and something that no one's done in shit. What twenty years? Twenty five years since the eighties when the Italians were making all those films. Mm-hmm. I will say his, his the Green Inferno is probably a better cannibal film. Be, well. A more uh, moral cannibal film, because I'm sure he did not kill an animal during it. Yeah, that is uh, probably unlike, correct. Unlike Cannibal Holocaust and all the other films that just would kill animals. Here's a turtle. Let's kill it. Here's a monkey. Let's kill it twice, because we fucked up the first shot. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. You gotta kill... I mean, I mean, yeah, yo, we're on like 15 monkeys here. Can we get the shot? I just I need it to be perfect. I mean, the tribes and stuff they shot with ate the animals and stuff, but still, you're, you're killing animals just for a movie. It's... Mm-hmm. You can't a bit much. <laughs> but yeah, so Green Inferno, September, we'll, we'll check that out. Uh, I guess, uh, jumping back to Netflix news a little bit, but this is more Marvel news. Every show has to have a little bit of Marvel news, apparently. Uh, Steve, you want to kind of head this one off about Marvel? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Marvel's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that's not, that's not the news. Bit, little bit. That's not the news, everyone knows that. Uh, no, yeah, uh, the Marvel shows, uh, they're thinking about what they're going to be doing for Phase 2 for the Netflix shows, because Daredevil has been a super hit, and I'm only on Episode 7, but it is honestly really good. You know, I'm not a big Marvel fan, everyone knows that, but this show is really well made. Uh, and they're, they've they already made Luke Cage, that's the next one coming out, and then another one? I haven't heard anything else. I want to say there's a third one coming out this year, but I don't remember what it is. Whatever. Uh, but they're thinking about what their Phase 2 is going to be, because they had such success with Daredevil, and they're considering uh, The Punisher, Blade, and Ghost Rider, where we will hopefully see the triumphant return of Nicolas Cage as the Spirit of Vengeance. That's, I think um, Blade and Punisher might be fine for an episodic show. I don't think Ghost Rider will work. I don't think work. Ghost Rider would work very well. For Not that. at all. No. Because those ones, just you can be like, okay, this up. Epi- I don't know if they make it like one big story, like a ten episode story arc that's one continuous thing for Punisher, maybe and Blade, maybe as well. I mean, they did the television show for Spike and stuff, so I mean that's not all the question for those things. But like this week, oh, I have to go find this one vampire and make me think the whole season storyline be like one head vampire that Blade has to work towards. Same, yeah, same thing for Punisher, it's just working yeah. towards one major crime boss. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not the question. It depends on who they hire to play the roles. <laughs> Unless they just get Joss Whedon to write Ghost Rider and he's just Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ugh. <laughs> and then every episode could be uh, James Spader voicing the new villain. <laughs> Making jokes. Making jokes. Why, why, why not? Well, if they ditched uh, the Ghost Rider again and just went with a Midnight Suns idea, that might work better. Oh, yeah, that would work. Yeah, that could work really well. Yeah. Maybe I'm curious. Better. I'm curious. They were already uh, thinking against the Ghost Rider simply because of how much CGI they'd have to use, and that would be outside of, like, a show budget. Unless that show was six episodes long or whatever. Yeah. Um, because, like, even the movies with the budgets that they had, there wasn't that much Ghost Rider. Yeah, I think you're about right. It's been a while since I've watched the first one in Spirit of Vengeance, so I don't remember. The first one is worse at the lack of Ghost Rider. Like, yeah. there's, like, the opening, the first fight scene with Ghost Rider is, like, really well done. There's a lot of Ghost Rider, but then after that, they seem to really minimize how much Ghost Rider there is, except for the climax, and even then, it seems like a little light on the Ghost Rider. Yeah, Spirit, Spirit of Vengeance, Vengeance goes nuts with a yeah. lot of the CG, but. Well, because you had the crank guys making it. Yeah. <laughs> Clawing at the door. <laughs> Oh, Nick Cage, I love you so much. <laughs> so, yeah, the Marvel shows Netflix wait and see. I haven't seen Daredevil, because I don't have Netflix. But then, uh, to be fair, I don't have cable, so I haven't seen Arrow, I haven't seen Flash, I haven't seen Gotham. Rachel watches Gotham. So, how? What does she think of Gotham? Uh, she really liked the first half, and the second half uh, has been rather weak. She's not done with the season yet. She hasn't got to the finale, I don't okay. think. So my last thing, my last thing from her talking about it was that I feel like the second half of the first season uh, just kind of gets dumb but she's i don't know i think she said there's been some good good points but she's i don't know maybe and i like i told her maybe the season finale will pick it back up because mm-hmm. you know who knows but yeah she really liked the first half so <laughs> there's that all right whatever sometimes uh, the fact that you could like a first half of a show is pretty decent because usually season ones of almost all shows are pretty dog shit yeah, they they have to work things out, figure out what their voice of the show is going to be. I've only watched the first half of The Flash. I didn't get to the second half of season one yet, but even season one of The Flash blew me away with how far they went with that show. I was very much impressed. They were not afraid at all of the source material. That's good. I heard some good things. I heard some... I think the only criticism I've heard is that it feels like everyone on the show knows that Barry is The Flash, except for Iris. <laughs> uh, I didn't get that from season one. He has a small team, but they're all in Star Labs. Okay, that's just that's just the like I don't know if that's one of those gripes that gets like amplified to more bigger than what it, it seems really that is. way because of the supporting cast. It's Star Labs plus Iris's dad, who's a cop, and Barry works for, and he let him in on the secret because he's a cop. Gotcha. Um, if the supporting cast was larger, it wouldn't seem that way. It's just that Iris is the only supporting cast member who's not a fucking scientist or a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, and my only gripe with the show is that it's Wally West with Barry Allen's name. Um, which I hate because DC and especially Dan DiDio has been doing that for a while where he's been like dictating that they do these animated movie versions of these comic stories that have Wally in them Mm -hmm. but Dan DiDio apparently hates Wally West for whatever reason and makes it Barry Allen for the movie but they don't change like the dialogue or the personality so it's still Wally but he's named Barry and I hate that because A. I like Wally not, not Barry and B, I think that takes away from both characters. One, you're taking away from what made Barry Allen Barry Allen, who is his own character and great, and I do like Barry. And then you're just basically looking at your audience saying, like, hey, all these people prefer Wally West. 
they really like Wally West. Everyone here agrees that Wally West is the best Flash. What are we going to do? I know. Let's make Barry Allen like Wally West. <laughs> and I hate that. Well, Marvel's doing the same thing. We found a jump on that's like, hey, everyone loves X-Men and Fantastic Four. They don't, they don't exist. <laughs> they don't exist. You will like Power Man and Iron Fist. Forever. You will like the Thunderbolt, uh, not Thunderbolts, um, um, the Inhumans. You will love the Inhumans. You don't need X Men. You have Black Bolt. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's all. That's my that's my criticism with the Flash. That didn't really have anything to do with our news. Uh, yeah, but that's mainly my criticism with DC Comics and especially Dan DiDio, who's not a good writer, and I don't know why he got to the position that he's in for DC. Hey, I, I watched saying, him. I've been saying about that about uh, uh, Frank. Uh, no, um, Morrison, uh, Jim Morrison, no shit. What's the fucking writer's name? Shit, I'm being dumb. Uh, I know. Grant Morrison? Grant Morrison. I know it was a G, but I'm like, Greg? Greg's not right. Shit, why am I blinking all of a sudden? And I guess we could say Frank Miller now. Frank Miller now is a fucking psychopath. Uh, Frank Miller now is almost dead. Well, I am my problem. <laughs> uh, you, you see, I saw the picture of him. I'm just like, man, Frank Miller is an insane asshole, but I do kind of feel bad for him here. Bill Murphy? No, fuck that guy. I'm not saying fuck that guy. It's not my problem. Whatever. Bill, Bill Murphy, I hope he dies painfully. End quote. That's what Bill just said. Yeah, I, oh, fine. Fuck it. Yeah, I said that. <laughs> Eat, uh, I'll just add to it. Eat my dick, Frank Miller. Uh, I'll say that. Hey, Frank pasty, Miller. You pasty, uh, powder-looking motherfucker. Hey, Frank Miller, eat my dick. You write Batman like he's an insane piece of shit. A.K.A. you write him like he's you. That's not Batman. It's like some hobo who, like, jumped Batman and took his costume and drove off with it. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, at least Convergence is actually a DC event that has made everything canon again. So if someone wants to do a Wally West comic book, they're actually allowed to now. Like original Wally West, not the new 52 version. Yeah, I've been following that very much, but it's fine. It just means they can do stories for any era with any characters when they want. So we can actually cool see, art. so we can actually see like the Doom Patrol back in action again, or the Metal Men, or fucking Ralph and Sue. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, now, is this Sue before she was raped? <laughs> it's up to you. You can do two con- simultaneous running Ralph and Sue books: one pre-rape and one after rape. Who's your favorite Sue Dibney? <laughs> we can ask Dr. Light that same question. Oh! Oh! Uh, we'll, just, we'll just leave that topic where it's at. So, uh, uh, triggered. Kinda, I'm triggered. Triggered. So as we were kind of joking at the beginning of the episode, um, this week's episode came about because I wanted to talk about Clown, the movie Clown. Uh, we kind of laughed about it a few uh, months back. And uh, talk about, I like, may watch two clown movies, but because Clown isn't, out in America in any accessible form, but it and such, so we couldn't really do that. So I thought, okay, well, we'll just substitute that movie with another clown movie. So uh, first up, we have from 1988, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Hell yeah! From Steven Chiodo. I like his first name. Uh, it's a pretty good name, except he has a PH. So do I. It's the proper way to spell it. No, not in my world. Uh. My world, you're S T E V E. Rudinowski. <laughs> Rudinowski. That joke never gets old. Uh, so, per IMDb, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, aliens who look like clowns come from outer space and terrorize a small town. That is one of the probably best IMDb synopsises we've got. Synopses we've gotten. That is very much the plot of this film. It's a pretty uh, simple film. Uh, the title says it all. Uh, uh, killer clowns come from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and they uh, turn you into cotton candy balls and suck the blood out of you. That's such a great scene. It's a very good scene. Uh, so what uh, do you think of Killer Clowns? Oh, yeah, I'll jump right into it. I think Killer Clowns is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think, uh, trying to formulate my thoughts. I think my favorite, actually, I'll be honest, my favorite thing about the movie is the, uh, the theme song written by the Dickies. Yes. I think that song is really good. It's a great fucking song. Oh, uh, yeah, Killer Clowns is a really fantastic movie. I know that I have told several people about the film that didn't know that it existed or thought that it was, like, a pure horror film that looked shitty because it was trying to be pure horror, and I had to explain to them how it was a comedy. Yeah, it's absolutely a comedy. Um, and everyone that I've shown it to all agree that it's fantastic, because it is. It's so well made. The insane rules that they set in this universe, they follow to a T. Like, there's never leaps in logic. It all makes sense with these insane rules that they have for these weird alien clowns. Yeah, they're just aliens. They can do whatever they want. I like the... Uh... My favorite, one of my favorite parts of it, at the beginning is just like, why does it shoot popcorn? And the guy says, because it's a clown. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's there, boom. There you go. It, it explains literally everything. <laughs> the, the balloon dog that the guy bends up and is actually barking and chasing after the people. It's a, Yeah, it's sniffing the Madden shit. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, it's a really fun movie. Lots of laughs. I think it's uh, the makeup and the clown designs are amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like the uh, what they do with the clowns, and they oh, make yeah, them yeah. all very unique. Like they're all definitely you can tell the personality of the clown almost just by looking at them. Absolutely, and there's so many different. Um, I think all scenes we see lots of clowns together. I don't think any of the clowns look alike. No, they're all unique. Now some of them might be more basic because they're not going to be full on in shots. Yeah, they are like, like uh, star clowns or whatever. Yeah, but like all like all the ones that are on in frame and stuff are fully animatronic, operated, look fantastic. Have, mm-hmm. Like they look really good. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing cheap about them. They you can totally believe that's a real creature on screen, which is always the most important goal as a special effects person. Yeah. So I super appreciate that. And one of my favorite uh, characters of the film is John Vernon playing uh, Curtis Mooney, who's kind of like the older cop who yes. doesn't put up with anybody's bullshit. Doesn't put up with anyone's bullshit. I know the movie wants me to hate him, but this like his vile hatred towards everybody in this town is so awesome, I can't help yeah. but love him. Right there with you, he hates everyone. No one's making a fucking fool out of me. <laughs> uh, uh, I would, like, sorry, go ahead. I would say uh, my favorite bits of the film are uh, the ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. Um, and also the two sexy lady clowns. The one that has her like her tits blow up in front of them. They're so fucking huge. Like big balloons. And they just they hook up with those fucking random human dudes that they should be eating. But who cares? They're sexy lady clowns. Sexy lady clowns. So they have two ice cream truck drivers. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> who drive an indestructible ice cream truck? Indestructible. That thing looks like it blew up all the way. Nope, they hid in the freezer. <laughs> hey, you know, no one bitched about it when Indiana Jones did it, so, oh. Oh. But they weren't in a fridge. That's true. If Indiana Jones was in a freezer, no one would complain about it. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was just a fridge, it's horseshit. Yeah. Uh, other bits, um... I like how Mooney name drops the movie in the best fashion possible. Yes. <laughs> he says they're killer clowns from outer space. I'm like, ah, he, he dropped the name of the movie. I get, yeah, just fucking confetti should have fallen from the sky, which I think should happen in every movie where you drop the name title, but here it would have made sense because it could have been a clown. This was truly 
The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. <laughs> You're right, Aragorn. <laughs> Boom, confetti drops, Rip Taylor comes out, dumping confetti everywhere. Everywhere. It's great. But, um... <laughs> I just pictured Rip Taylor in, uh fucking middle earth dressed normally like he is in real life throwing confetti <laughs> laughing <laughs> uh, that'd be great uh, i really like uh the leads i like mike uh debbie and um dave i like that um it doesn't in most movies like this the the main cop they go to doesn't believe them doesn't believe him doesn't believe them at all mm-hmm. but this one he doesn't right away because uh when mike takes uh dave to the scene uh, like the, obviously the ship's gone, so they're like, okay, well I don't believe you. But then they, he quickly runs on another scene where a bunch of people were parked, you know, making out and shit, or killed, and all that stuff. So he quickly, okay, okay, I believe you, I believe you. This stuff's fucked up. I like that the film just does that and doesn't try dragging out this whole. Oh, I don't Will believe you. Please believe you. me and believe this shit's going on. Yeah. Stuff like that. <clears throat> I agree. I like Dave as a character. I think he's cool. I like there's like some small like romance plots dumped in there where it's like Dave is dating Debbie, but now she's dating Mike. Mm-hmm. I always love I always love horror films that have a bit of a teen drama to it. Oh, I guess these kids are in college, which I'm ha- I'm glad mm-hmm. because these actors do not look like teenagers. No, not at all. Yeah, like <laughs> so, so I'm glad they're college college kids, students, college students. Oh, whatever they're kids. Those whatever. kids. Those damn kids trying to make a fool of me. <laughs> oh, Mooney. Oh, Mooney. I just yeah I guess I'll just uh, yeah but yeah I'll try to stay on the romance angle here but I like the whole thing I like it's how it's quick and concise it doesn't feel super it doesn't feel crammed in there I feel like it helps give these characters some actual development and character so I care a bit more about them yeah it's a fast paced film but there's actually a lot of characterization for all yeah, of I, the main cast for sure the film's short it's only eight eight minutes but man it, it it's very fastly paced it doesn't linger it goes by super quick. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate even the, though the film is rather comedy, there are some severe, like really dark moments, uh, like at the uh, the burger joint. The um, I think it's like the Big Top Burger. So another clown. Yeah, it was Big Top. Yeah, yeah, like the clown outside trying to lure away the little girl. Mm-hmm. That entire scene is actually really creepy. Yeah, there's some <laughs> and, legitimately good creepy scenes in this movie. For sure, and like, and then just well, obviously in general, depending on how you shoot the clowns, because uh, of their makeup, they look like terrifying clowns. Yeah, they're terrifying. So some scenes in the ship, obviously the big... Like, it? Go fuck yourself. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, this is a good comedy horror clown movie, whereas It is just a bad movie that's a comedy. It happens to have a clown in it. It happens to have a clown in it. It turns out to be a spider. You know, that could have been so cool. That's the one thing that I was looking forward to in the remake, is that they would actually make the clown into a proper, like, Lovecraftian Great One type deal, and not just a fucking spider. No, it'll be a spider because it was the spider in the TV movie. Ah, you're right. I'm predicting the future. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I do. Uh, so yeah, good film. Uh, there are whispers of the sequel coming. Uh, really? Yeah, 2016, Killer Clowns from Outer. The Return of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 3D. I hadn't heard about that. Yes, they've been trying to work on it. Uh, they said that the script is written. Uh, Stephen. Uh, Chiodo is still set to direct, just like the original, and uh, his brother Charles Chiodo is still set to produce, just like the original film. Wow, but, I didn't notice that. Charles, Edward, and Stephen Chiodo, the yeah, whole family. the whole family, which is a fantastic. Um, they're yeah. still awaiting word on, distri- on a distribution deal from the company that they were in talks with, mm-hmm. and if they get that, then production can begin. But they said everything's set up, they got like a lot of casting done, and they were hoping that they can actually release the film in 2016. That's what they're setting out to do. Cool. So we'll see if that happens. But I think that's great, because this movie's fantastic. It's been long enough. It's the same guys. 
uh, this might be the Mad Max Fury Road of Killer Clown movies. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> now, I want the movie to come out so that I can say that, so they can put that on the back of the box. Uh, yeah. I, I know another thing I, I like, um, the method of killing the clowns. You have to destroy their nose. Yes, you gotta pop their nose. And then they spin yeah. around, and it's super fun. And they explode. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah, just a lot of good clown moments. I like the clowns that are in the uh, uh, drugstore, just knocking stuff over, just, like, looking at stuff. Mm-hmm. Generally just making a mess. It's like there's any... Yeah, they're just being assholes. True purpose is that knocking stuff off shelves. <laughs> That's another one of my favorite scenes. I forgot about that one. Yeah. This movie's pretty impressive. A $2 million budget made $43.6 million at the box office. Hey, Hollywood, look at that shit. Yeah. Stop spending over $100 million on every single goddamn fucking movie. Well, no wonder a movie bombs when it costs $400 million. R- referring uh, back to Sinister, and I say referring because we talked about it before the podcast, so no one in the audience knows that I'm referring to it. Uh, one of the things that I did <laughs> like about, about the film Sinister is that they made that for only $3 million, which, even for a horror film, for a studio horror film, is actually really impressive to me. Like, they did not go nuts with the budget or any shit. They kept it low, and I appreciate that. So, uh, you know, Killer Clowns showing <laughs> that you can fucking do that. You just gotta have a good idea. Cool. And a great yeah, theme sure. song. Yeah, oh yeah, I cannot cannot stress enough how much I like that theme song by the Dickies. It's so good. It's, it's so catchy. So catchy. It starts at the beginning of the film, starts it's at the in the end of the uh, credits. It's all good. Good stuff. Good stuff. What would you so, can, rate? Oh yeah, I was about to say, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, my rating, I think, I want to say I really liked it, but I just, uh, it wasn't perfect. So I think I gave it probably about three and a half, four stars, but I'd probably probably stick around three and a half I'd, I'd give it four i like it a lot it's a really fun horror comedy but i'm a huge sucker for well-made horror comedy movies so mm-hmm. i agree that it's not perfect and it's got some problems but it does enough right for me that definitely is solid four stars yeah it's one of those movies where it's, it's everything it's doing is right it just isn't necessarily something that super clicks with me at a level where i can just um I don't know. Put it in that four-star territory. Maybe I guess if we're gonna do those, uh, do some quarters. I'd put it three, uh, three point seven five. Okay, I so will very close. I will give it a uh, four point zero two three repeating. Uh, that's repeating, of course. Repeating, of course. So, yeah, Killer Clowns from Space. Check it out. It's pretty easy. You can uh, rent it on Amazon for like three bucks, or pick up the DVD for like five. There's a Blu-ray out, of course. You know, it's a good film. Get, get it. Check it out. Give them your money. Yes, give them your money. Don't just fucking watch it on Netflix with their advertisements, so they can just make more. They can make Daredevil season eight, or whatever bullshit, or Marco Polo two, Marco Harder. That'd be a three hundred million dollar budget show. Because <laughs> no one watched the first one, really. I, I I never heard about it. I thought when they said Marco Polo, I'm like, oh man, they found the Doctor Who serial. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was weird because I only know of Marco Polo because of TV advertisements on basic cable television for Marco Polo on Netflix. Uh, That's that's interesting. Yeah, um, like, I would start Netflix, and sometimes the featured thing would be Marco Polo for a little while, but at no point was I like, I should watch this, because I don't care about watching 20 episodes about Marco Polo. Right on. So, moving on (laughs) to our second uh, clown film of the night. We have a clown... One I think is... uh, Really underrated, not well known. Or something I've actually, oddly enough, I don't know why, but I've known about this film since I was a kid, and I watched it a lot since I was a kid. And I did not know this film existed prior to Bill telling me about it. Uh, this is 1991's uh, "Shakes the Clown" uh, by Bobcat Goldthwait. Uh, this one I 
have to bring up the, the synopsis on this one's a bit long uh i think it's gonna cover most of our not our summary of the film <laughs> uh shakes plods about his duties as party clown and uses all his free time getting seriously drunk <laughs> binky another clown wins the spot on a local kitty show which depresses shakes even more and his boss threatens him with the un- with unemployment if he can't get his act under control when someone murders Shake's boss and makes it look like Shake's did it, he goes undercover, posing as, as a hated mine, and tries to find information out <laughs> clear his name. It's such like a minor part of the film, in my opinion. Yeah, I know. Whoever did the summary, I don't think watched the entire watched the film. Didn't pay a lot of attention to the film because that's that, that 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 that's painting a whole different picture. It makes it sound like the mimes killed Shake's boss, and he has to go hunt down and the, find out the, who the, the mime evil was mime. Was it Robin Williams' mime? I don't know. It probably was Robin Williams' mime. Uh, but yeah, Shakes the Clown. Uh, I yeah, it's a great film. Bobcat's in it. It's what it, for now. I think uh, even he, he even Bobcat has his, his, his stand-up routine. Uh, I think a lot of people still think of Bobcat like the old like like that voice like from Police Academy two and um, uh, all the uh, shit um, other films he was in. Uh, <laughs> all the other films he was in oh shit there's a john cusack's film um like best summer oh shit i'm blanking on the name but like, bobcat was in that and all, all, all this other stuff I and mean, like obviously bobcat's stand-up routine back in the 80s mm-hmm. early 90s was just based on him just doing that voice obviously, one crazy bobcat. summer one crazy summer, i just remembered thinking. it yeah i just remembered yeah, it that, that, that's one everyone always talks about uh, better off dead but i really like uh, one crazy summer quite a bit um but that's a set point. So and this this is one of his films where he just plays himself. He just plays, you know, he's acting as a character mm-hmm. and not just doing, not relying on the dumb voice. This was film that was um, directed by Bobcat, uh, written by Bobcat, produced by Bobcat. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously done more films since then. He's done World's Greatest Dad. He did um, uh, God Bless America, mm-hmm. other stuff like that. Um, so as, as their little summary said, Shakes the Clown is basically like in this, uh, in Palookaville, which is a town just full. Apparently, has a huge burgeoning clown culture. A huge number of clowns. You know, when we built this gas station, there were no clowns at all here. <laughs> and I like this whole world they set up, where there's like, there's like a bar just for rodeo clowns. There's like a whole like tribe for mimes. Yeah. Who the clown, like regular party clowns, all hate. They hate the mimes. The, par- <laughs> the, the party clowns sang off a bar. Had a bar called the Twisted Balloon. <laughs> I love, I love this town. Just the concept. Yeah. Yeah, just other little bits. Uh, just from the start, I love at the beginning. Like you see, shakes immediately. Like first thing you see him, he's just a dr- he's like passed out drunk on the floor of this mom's like bathroom. Yeah, like the way the film floor. opened, that I thought the kid was going to be shakes the clown in the past. Nope. Because <laughs> the kid is such the focal point of the opening, and like no, it's just shakes being fucked up because uh, he's super drunk. Yep. Uh, my favorite bit was like he goes to walk out of the house, puts a cigar up, and the cigar explodes. And it's just his hangovers, like God damn it. Yeah, I just thought that was really. I think I felt like that was a funny bit to write it down. Absolutely, it's just, like, it's, it's just sets the tone really well. It absolutely does. Got some blues music. Stops in a fucking a gas station bathroom to put on his clown makeup and stuff. Oh yeah, I remember thinking the music in the movie was like really good. It is. It's because uh, obviously Bobcat's. It's he's got the choice on the music choices, so it's lots of either punk or just uh rock or blues music and mm-hmm. all sorts of it's cool there's really cool music for sure uh so yeah and another thing that uh really impressed me with the film 
<clears throat> as I've said to Bill in uh, private, is that oftentimes with the film set up like this, with uh, Bobcat playing the super drunk clown who, like, fucking yells at a dad for saying that he's late and just generally looking like a fuck-up, you'd assume he's a piece-of-shit clown that is barely holding it together. Uh, like has been done several times with clown movies that are where the main character's a clown, where they're just not a good clown. Mm -hmm. uh, Shakespeare's a really fucking good clown. He does a fucking front flip off a porch in his clown shoes and lands that shit and has all these amazing magic tricks and is just great with makeup and jokes and really good with the kids. And it's... I liked that a lot. Yeah, it's like in this community, he's like the best, but because of all these issues, he's just a severe alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And just... Um... Through personal reasons, this has a fall from grace, as I guess you could say, where he just like goes way off the deep end, mm -hmm. and which just kind of sets up a lot of the, the main problems of the film. But it's like, yeah, he's clearly like a great clown, great, great performer, great for everything, great for the kids, everything. It's just his personal life is where everything's just kind of fucked. Yeah. But when it comes to his job, he turns it on and keeps it going. Yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate um, that. It made me really care for Shakes a lot more. Mm hmm. I like uh, Blake Clark and Adam Sandler, his two friends. Yeah, Clark is especially fantastic, especially because he's such a gruff dude playing the lady clown. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Adam Sandler, I, th this might be Adam Sandler in one of his best roles. I agree. Uh, which is fantastic. Yeah, very early Adam Sandler, just not just playing a part, not trying to be some wacky character. He's just talking normally, like like himself. He's just dressed up as a clown. Mm-hmm. That's another reason why I've always like uh, been pro Happy Gilmore over Billy Madison, where he's being a cartoon character in Billy Madison, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but Happy at least uh, combined the two concepts of being a cartoon character but also actually playing a human being. Mm -hmm. uh, in this one, he is playing a human being who so has to be dressed up like a fucking clown. Yeah. Um, I like that the uh, local, um, like, local like access show, the clown show... <laughs> I have to say, like, when you first see it, it's so weirdly shot. It looks cheap, but because it's cheap and because it involves clowns, it looks just absolutely horrifying. Yes. And, like, the one, like, female clown is just like, he's gonna fuck that dog when that camera goes off. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, makes me laugh so much. Uh, so let's get into uh, the villain of the film, Binky. who Played by Tom Kenny. Played by Tom Kenny, and as you put it, Bill, and you're absolutely right... He is, a, he is a great joker. He is a great joker. Holy shit. Uh, as soon as I heard Bill say that, I knew for that he was so right. Because picture what you picture as the classic joker. You know, like, not the re-inventions, uh, not like the Nolan joker, not even the Jack Nicholson joker, but, like, the standard, like, Batman animated or, like, the joker from the comic books, you know, throughout, like, the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, everything, but the faceless joker. Like, picture that joker. Tom Kenny plays that character in this film. And he has the best makeup. Yeah, his makeup looks great. It looks so great because it's just cheery enough where um, it makes sense for a kid's clown. But yeah. it in the proper lighting, it's also just sinister enough that, holy shit, it's... And just Tom, yeah, and just Tom Kenny's acting. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's... He does those, like, I'm going to make a joke, and then it's, like, the way he laughs. Like, he's, like, so cold and terrifying. Yeah, he's terrifying. <laughs> he's just sitting there doing coke, getting coke out of his <laughs> brains, and he has his two crony clowns, he punches in the nuts. <laughs> And he's trying to tell them jokes. And they, they, they're, they're, 
They're clearly awful people, but also awful clowns. Yes. Like I said, I even said to you, like, I appreciated that in order to establish that Binky's clown buddies are also just shitty clowns, they actually have way worse makeup than everyone in the movie. Like, yeah, they, their jokes are terrible. Their jokes are terrible. They have the busted asshole makeup on their lips. Yeah. It's... <laughs> this movie's so good. It is. I can't say nothing. I really just can't say nothing good things about Tom Kenny in this. Like, I know people might know him a lot from like, just voicing SpongeBob and stuff, mm-hmm. but acting-wise, he's really fucking good. He nailed... He knocked the shit out of the park, this movie. Yeah, either through the early scenes or the scenes where he's coked out of his brains, just like talking to people. Like, he goes to, to Julie and um, oh, Judy, and he's like, Well, whoops, whoops, did I tell you that? Well, now I got to kill you, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, or, uh, the scene, like, when he's doing the public action show, like, has, has Judy tied up, he's throwing knives at her. He's just, like, saying all these ridiculous things. Horrible things, yeah. <laughs> like, he's just going, like, he can go dark so quickly. And because he looks like this cheery clown, it's just. <laughs> Oh, woo! Mm-hmm. All combines to a stellar performance for sure. I love it so much. Absolutely. Um, uh, what was your favorite line of the film that Tom Kenny delivered? Oh, <laughs> you didn't see nothing, old man. We're just five happy party clowns sitting down to a plate of beef, white powdery beef. Because he was doing cocaine in the scene, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I just love how he just clicks off. It's the he's so clowns. yeah the rodeo clowns. Oh, sorry, go, ahead, go on your point. Sorry. I was just gonna say the most jokery part is right after he kills his boss. Yeah. His entire body movement and personality is just a full Joker. Yeah, and everyone leaves like, where are you going, potential? Where are you going, witnesses? Potential coke dealers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's have a chit chat about what just happened. <laughs> Absolutely, I love the uh, I love like I was saying all the world building in this. I love the rodeo clowns, how they're all just like completely fucked up hard asses. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, the mimes. Uh, now uh, Robin Williams has a cameo in this as like the head of the mime group. Yes, and the whole scene where um, I, I think as we said, um, uh, Binky in a fit of rage kills Shakes' boss, mm-hmm. and then blames uh, Shakes gets framed for it. So go undercover. Shakes goes and as a uh, as a mime because in this universe all the party clowns beat the shit out of mimes all the time. Uh, just because they're, they're they're just jealous because they're artists. <laughs> uh, and so he's uh, dresses up terribly to look like a mime. He has like the hat and the makeup and the black shirt, but he's like wearing these fucking like red like underpants uh, or something. Underpants and like I think it's like weird multicolored like underwear on the outside looks all ridiculous and so he's like becomes uh ron williams uh, who plays jerry uh mime jerry he comes like his is a demonstration for him and they're demonstrating mind stuff he's just like no, shakes doesn't give a shit he's, not trying. <laughs> he's so bad at it yeah jerry's just yelling at him the all whole the fucking time. time to do better it's it's a really good little short thing for ron williams oh really good. weird side note i thought that the uh, blonde female mime that invites shakes in is super hot the end. Yeah, a bit. Uh, I don't know why. I just saw her and I immediately became way more interested in the film. Uh, not that I wasn't before, but I don't know why. So um, She needed more lines. I maybe. agree. Uh, more screen time. Uh, let's just write down mime fetish for Steve, apparently. Uh, just plenty of porn out there for you. Just discovering new things about myself, thanks to Shakes the Clown. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. No, no, we talk about the clowns. Uh, the two cops. The two cops are fantastic. I love the two cops. Because uh, the, the tall one I loved so much as a character, but he worked better because the shorter one with the hat that was a piece of shit. 
pastrami eating motherfucker. Yeah, pastrami eating motherfucker. <laughs> I just love them yelling. Oh man, I just love I love well written cop or well well written partner characters who banter with each other hardcore. Like that was so well done. Yes, so well done. It's entertaining and hilarious. Obviously, normal stuff like you eat you eat pastrami. Well, I'm eating a salad, and they're playing fucking like Candyland while they're like <laughs> sitting out there to the car. Yeah. I really shit. liked those characters a lot. And, uh, oh yeah, Bobcat. I mean, we're talking about let's go to Bobcat here. I um, figured we were building up to him because he's the star. For sure, yeah. for sure. I feel I think that, that's intentional as well, maybe. Unintentional, but worked out perfectly. Uh, I like this film because it does a great job of accurately portraying alcoholism. Yes. Yes. Like, he's this guy who uh, does the normal lines, I can quit anytime I want, he thinks he's doing fine, doing fine. He goes to a party with with uh, Blake Clark and Adam Sandler to do a kids party. He's sitting there. He's fine. He's fine. Then boom, he's in the kitchen of his people's house. Grabs down a bottle of whiskey. Starts just ch- chugging down the entire fucking the bottle. The whole thing. This goes nuts and everything relapses super hardcore in this one scene and everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's just like really, really obviously his uh, girlfriend Judy, who wants to become a professional bowler. Mm-hmm. is tired of his shit so he's losing his girlfriend he's losing his job everything over drinking and he just can't seem to get together I, I, like, I like that yeah it was very it real it doesn't try to glamorize it or do anything like that it so doesn't make it an, it doesn't turn the alcoholism into a joke no for sure and, and even though that the alcohol the um uh, the alcoholic is a fucking clown they still take alcoholism more seriously than most films take alcoholism yeah for sure agreed um and Bobcat does an amazing performance Absolutely, he's really good in this. He has a night. He has a lot of shifts in tone, um, and personality in this that are all realistic and make perfect sense. And he does it at the drop of a hat. He mm-hmm. he really nailed it in this film. I'm. If I could meet Bobcat, I would tell him how much I fucking respect him for his performance in Shakes the Clown. You should do that because I'm a lot of times he just talks about uh, how people don't know him for his films as much as like just do still stupid shit he did back in the eighties. And like that, and he comes by the local comedy clip here often enough. I just always seem to miss him because I really because it's one of those things I think also same with Gilbert Gottfried. There's been a couple of people who do come to the club, but I have such a I don't. Uh, it's a side thing. I think some people have this where you don't want to you have uh, trouble meeting your heroes. Mm-hmm. Like Bobcat's one of them. Like I just don't know what I would do. <laughs> like have a, his his Bobcat. <laughs> Because I obviously haven't watched this film forever. I love Bobcat so many things for like all my life. So he's just one of those people that I just don't know what I would do if I met. Yeah. Him. I'd just be lost. <laughs> like, there's plenty of other people. Like, I've met Thomas Jane at conventions. I've met plenty of people I can talk to fine. And so like that. But this is always there's, there's that small list of people that's just like, bah, 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 uh, hi. <laughs> I, I like you in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> you did that once. <laughs> so, but one of these days, uh, when he, next time he comes to I'm definitely going to try to make it up to see him. Because definitely, definitely, Shakes is one of those movies I just want to be like, even if it's just a, hey, I like that movie, I just want to tell him that, because I, I love this movie so mm-hmm. much. It's a great film. Great, great film. Uh, like I said, incredibly underrated. People need to check this fucking thing out. Because it's good. If, if uh, Bobcat ever goes to your local comedy club again, let me know. I will might make a special trip to see him. <laughs> That'd be worth it. It would be worth it. I would love to see Bobcat live. He's one of the comedians I would like to see live that I never have. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, uh, f- fun fact about this film: when it came out, uh, Bobcat got a lot of protests from actual from clowns saying the film was not representative enough of them. <laughs> okay. Saying like put put a put a bad light on the clowns. I thought it was a pretty. I mean, I know a lot of clowns. I've worked circuses a few times. 
Um, and my fiance like grew up around clowns. Like we know a lot of clowns. That actually seems pretty fucking accurate. <laughs> like this film seems pretty probably the most accurate representation of clowns uh, in a film. Right on. Uh, so I don't know what they were talking. I think they were just upset about uh, Shakespeare being an alcoholic. You know. Hey, people are alcoholics. You don't you only see like. I don't know, race car drivers protesting some movie because a driver in a movie is an alcoholic. I don't know, alcoholics of also all walks and lives of fields. Yeah, seriously. Doc, drunk doctor alcoholics, alcoholic lawyers, alcoholic everything. Mm-hmm. Alcoholism, it's a thing. <laughs> people people have it. I didn't know if you knew this, <laughs> but... Alcoholism exists. Well, no fact. So, uh, as we'll wrap this up here, uh, Shakes the Clown. I, you know, I will fully admit it's a film I grew up with. I would give it a five out of five. Uh, I'd give it a four and a half out of five. A, right a very strong four and a half. Obviously, it's a four and a half. That's a great score. I don't want anyone to think that I'm defending it. But yeah, it's a great film. I uh, really enjoyed it. It honestly, like, really impressed me. I thought it was really well made. Bobcat showed that he has, uh, not only a pension for acting, but also directing. And as someone that has acted and directed in films before, that's a gigantic pain in the ass. And Bobcat did it as well as I do. So that's my compliment to Bobcat. You're as good as Steve Rodzinski. Blu-ray release of Shakes the Clown, Starburst, boom. Uh, Bobcat, uh, as good as Steve Rodzinski. Um, that would make my dream come true. It, it can happen. It can happen. One day. One, One day. day. But yeah, it's too bad that the film is kind of a... Uh, financial failure because it deserved to make a bunch of money yeah. uh and uh m- apparently uh martin scorsese defended shakes the clown yeah he did by quoting the uh the, one of the reviews from the boston herald called it the uh citizen kane of alcoholic clown movies yeah. which apparently scorsese took on as well yeah and i i dig that scorsese likes the film I did. Yeah, always, I, I, I never really thought of it being uh, hated that much. I guess the, just I don't know, people like Leonard Maltin and stuff really just did not like the film. Apparently, yeah. whatever. It, it subjective happens. opinion. You know, they you can't please everyone all the time, especially when it comes to media and entertainment. Hey, people hated the thing and Blade Runner when they came out. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. You know, I, same with the, and people I, like Iron Man three and Captain America: uh, Winter Soldier. So. Hey, opinions are like assholes. People poop out of them. Yes, exactly. And they're stinky. <laughs> they're stinky. Uh, so, as, as always, guys, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can very easily at uh, moviefilmswithbillandsteve.tumblr.com. Uh, you can email us at moviefilmswithbillandsteve at gmail.com. We're on uh, Twitter at moviefilmsbs. Uh, I still love that so much. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, good and, stuff. Um, we're also on iTunes. You can find us on Facebook where, you, where we post all the stuff. Give us a like if you want. You can check out all the cool stuff there. And I'm going to get it right this week, goddammit. <laughs> if you want the more personal, lovable Bill experience, you can find me at Lovable Bill. Yeah! Uh, all these episodes, I screwed up once. I don't know why. Now I'm, I'm going to focus on that because I don't know why. I've, I've been only using that name for on- online and everything for about 15 years now, but now it's becoming a trouble. Perfect. Uh, and as always you can check out my films at www.silverspotlightfilms.com or check out the Facebook page facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms and of course you can email me directly with darkmullet at gmail.com or if you really want to look me up on Facebook Steve Rodzinski I think my URL is like steve.rodzinski.10 I don't know why but whatever because you're a 10 out of 10 baby I am perfect score 10 out of 10 I am the best Steve Rodzinski in the world I will stand by that. But are you the best, best Steve Rudinowski? I that is still up for debate. 
We'll have to have a tournament, a quickening. If a you quickening. Will. There can be only one. Only one. Uh, so yeah, fantastic. Thanks for joining us awesome. this week, folks. Thank you. As, as, always, as always, I've been Bill. And I've been Steve. White powdery beef. <laughs>